Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode with my friend, Michelle Deering. I am going to give you just a real quick intro on her, and then we're going to let her introduce us and or introduce herself and tell us the, the real story. Um, actually, I just lost my paper. So good thing we can edit. <laughs> I just closed it out. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm. I had it. Okay. So... Michelle believes that every mother and daughter should have a thriving and loving relationship, and this refreshing approach has made her a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant. And I, I was really excited to speak with Michelle because I have three daughters of my own, and the mother-daughter relationship, I think, is one that's unique and special. Obviously, any relationship with your children whether they're a son or daughter is special, but as a mother with three daughters, I really, really love the focus on the mother-daughter relationship. But before Michelle was focusing on the mother-daughter relationship, she had a consulting business where she was a licensed clinical and sports psychologist. And at a Big Ten University, she was a Fortune 500 corporate trainer and higher education professional. So now you can find her speaking at conferences training for her next Spartan sprint race, which is so much fun, and practicing rudiments on her drum kit, all while coaching, serving clients, and recording her hit podcast, Mother Daughter Connections. So Michelle is just, she's so kind. She's so funny. She's so athletic. She is honestly just like a straight up like a boss. And like, I, <laughs> I love that you focused on like sports psychology. Um, I just, I love athleticism and sports and, and the psychology behind it. And I didn't even know that was a thing. So, yes. <laughs> um, and then I love that you, you did that. And now you're focusing on like these mother daughter relationships. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Just, it's awesome. Cause they're so different, but I think they're very interconnected and I'm excited to get to speak with you more. So can you just tell us kind of where you were, what you were doing before and how you got to this place where you are focusing on serving mothers and daughters? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I would just want to say I've just been so eager to spend time with you in this way. Yes. <laughs> so thanks for, for having me uh, join you. Um, I, I've always been an athlete, but my route into athleticism was, you know, my mom, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, and she immigrated from Jamaica and her whole thing was, you know, focus on school and do everything properly. And her expectations were really high, but her support really wasn't there because she's a single mom trying to make ends meet. And so she tended to be very critical. And anyone who knows, at least I'll just, I can talk about Jamaican moms. (laughs) (laughs) That's my background. Um, But they, uh, they can sometimes be very critical. And, and so the way I dealt with that criticism was I just threw myself into my academics and my athletics, because that was the those were the only two arenas in which I got positive feedback about myself. And so fast forward, you know, I graduate from Brown, I'm out in the corporate arena, doing my due, 
decide, okay, I'm going to go back to school to become a psychologist. And in the midst of, um, uh, after I graduated from my program and got licensed, I, I was working at a Big Ten university. Uh, they asked me to actually start working with uh, young ladies who had eating disorders. And I was like, okay, fine, no problem. I'll learn a new skill. Well, I tell you, that was probably one of the most intense, yet rewarding, yet saddening, yet still rewarding experience uh, that I had. And I focused on female athletes. And the reason why I mention that is because one of the things I noticed as I was doing therapy with these young women, young adult women, was that every time we would make progress in the therapy, and then things would then, they'd go back from the therapy session, go back to their families, <laughs> and then they'd come back to school. I'd find that a lot of the work that we did kind of got messed up, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. because of interactions with their mom. And even though I was trained, say, with a Freudian thing of, you know, tell me about your mother, which yeah. is the underlying joke, and I kind of blew it off. I was like, wait a second, there's something to this, because every time I would actually then work with them in the therapy to address the issues that were going on with their mom, I'd see improvement. And when the mom would interact with them a certain way, then I'd see like a regression. <laughs> and so that just got me thinking, hmm, there's something to this mother-daughter thing. In addition to the fact that just um, all the psych research shows that that initial uh, bonding moment and bonding period between a mom and their, her, her child, and in particular her daughter, is very formative because it serves as the foundation for how a, a daughter will feel about, her, feel about herself in terms of her sense of safety, security, and satiety. And so that then informs uh, how she looks at herself in the world and how she interacts and has future success. And so fast forward there, now I'm the mother of twin daughters. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting boys, by the way. So, <laughs> so this is, okay, so here I am with twin daughters and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, wait, I need to kind of figure this out because I didn't have such a positive experience with my mom. I don't want to repeat cycles. And I, ended, you know, with all my good intentions, ended up really not realizing ways in which I was unintentionally repeating those cycles. And the wake up call for me was when, you know, one of my daughters actually in middle school said, mm, you know, not thinking of being here anymore. She, was, she wasn't liking life because of all the pressure I had put on her in a different way, but yet still like how my mom had put pressure on me. Yeah. And so that was the hard stop, the hard pause that made me say, okay, now I need to do things differently. So I worked on myself. I actually had to reflect on things. And then when we fast forward now a few years, we moved to North Carolina and I'm around a bunch of younger moms and I would see the way in which they would interact with their daughters and them not really realizing the impact it was having on their daughters in the moment. And that was the point where I was sort of like, okay, this is what <laughs> I really need to focus on because daughters are the future mothers if yeah. they so choose to be, for raising our sons and daughters. And I thought, we got to stop this cycle. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I've, I've, that's been my passion ever since. So that's why I wrote my book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters, to give moms some tools 
in a very conversational way, give them some tools for actually having and developing close relationships with their daughters. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've been taking notes here for follow-up questions just based on what you said, but first question mm -hmm. is your book. Um, when do you recommend moms dive into your book? As soon as possible. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's the kind of book, the thing, the, the, um, my book, and I can say this because it's the only book out there where you have someone talking about the mother-daughter relationship from the perspective of being a daughter, raising twin daughters, but then I put my clinical hat on and I'm looking at it and everything that's happening and giving moms insight into what the arc of the mother-daughter relationship is, which is very different than a mother-son relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and sorry, the teacher in me wants to kind of elaborate. You can. Okay. Yes. Um, because, okay, remember I said early on, uh, there's this thing, uh, and, and they actually have done research on this with regards to monkeys. Okay. Uh, the kind of physical contact, eye contact that you have early on with your daughter. Okay. That then, as I said earlier, forms that initial bond when she gets to sort of just before tween years, that's the time where your daughter is actually starting to uh, take note of, okay, here has been this woman who has defined what femaleness is to me all this time, but I now need to figure out what I'm good at and who I am apart from her. And that's the part where um, moms have some difficulty because they tend to project a lot of their own unresolved stuff onto their daughters during that time. And uh, if they don't find a way to kind of pause to consider what's happening within them first, then they can end up unintentionally repeating some cycles later on uh, for their daughter. So I yeah. love that. This is fascinating to me and I'll share just a little bit. Um but my daughter's in that age and I've done therapy before, mm -hmm. but just last week I started again mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can see it's almost like I know enough to know that there's something there, but I just can't quite untangle it, which mm -hmm. is why I love the work that you do to like mm -hmm. help people actually untangle it. Yes. Um, kind of like I can tell, you know, people are like, I need to declutter my house, but I don't know how I'm like, I can show you how I was just thinking of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you're this way other than, uh, except for you're helping untangle these deeper things going on within us. And, yes. um, anyway, I had like a, I don't know if this is a thing. I felt like, like a therapy hangover where like, I was just exhausted. <laughs> I'm like so yes. tired. Yes. Um, which I'm like, okay, it, it must be working. <laughs> but um, I have a question that I think people are probably wondering is like, when we notice that these things are like starting to go wrong, right? Or like we're repeating these patterns, like, can it be un can it be undone? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yes. so, so there's this joke within the psychology circle, psychologist circles, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, Probably a lot. <laughs> no, the answer nope. is only one if he wants to or she wants to. Oh, yes. Okay. So it's really about, and the reason why I said yes, it is possible for the things to be changed. Do you want to? Okay. Because that's the motivation. And, 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 I, and I work with motivated moms. 
that's that's one of the key factors. And then it's it takes a lot of courage to actually face stuff. Yeah. Who likes who likes to face blemishes? Come on. Right. The makeup industry is making a whole ton of money. True. Wow. That. that is true. <laughs> <laughs> we are taught in so many ways to just mm -hmm. cover them up. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. So good. And what's so unfair about that is that we're taught to cover it up, but then we're still bombarded. Yeah. With those messages. And I mean, also, I think one of the reasons that the mother daughter relationship is so important is because you don't see men getting those messages about hiding their blemishes intentionally. Mm -hmm, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say that they don't have, they're not, they are, right. they also are told to like bury their emotions and all of this stuff in other ways. Yes. But I think just for mothers, especially with their daughters, it's so, so powerful. And, you know, just to um, jump back to something you mentioned earlier, um, m one of my goals for writing the book, my book, was that um, I wanted to make, and I'm putting this in quotations, therapy more accessible without psychobabble, because I hate psychobabble. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I've tried to do, and it's the feedback I've gotten from moms who've read my book, um, is that it's very conversational. Mm -hmm. And all I'm trying to do is just at least open the door to, to the conversation being had. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, on the note of like accessibility in the United States, you know, it's not, it's not accessible. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's not accessible. Um, <laughs> I know we could, could that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's not mainstream. I wish it was as mainstream as McDonald's are. Right. Right. <laughs> but there, it's just not easy. It's not easy to find. It's not easy to get it covered by insurance. It's not easy to pay for. It's not easy to talk about. Right. Um, right. That's why I love, and, I love the work you do. And that's why I'm, I'm, I, and, and again, I need to say this just so that I can, because I'm ethically bound, Not I, I do it anyway, because <laughs> that's just the way I am. Um, but I am licensed in the States as a psychologist in the state of North Carolina and New Jersey to do therapy. Mm -hmm. I provide consultation under the umbrella of mother-daughter relationship personal trainer so that I can de-therapize the process and make it accessible to folks across state lines in a format like, and I know we'll talk a little bit later about like the different groups that I'm, I'm, I'm doing and forming and will be uh, offering to mm -hmm. people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We will talk about that so that you guys mm -hmm. can find Michelle and get her, get her book, get her support, get her, her podcast, um, all of the things. Um, so I have a, a question. I don't, we kind of talked about it, but in your experience, and kind of like through your lens, why why do you think the mother-daughter relationship is so impactful? I believe that that mother-daughter relationship is foundational for anyone, whether you're male or female's success later on, because the patterns of socialization, of feeling safe, of feeling secure, of feeling fed, we women are built <laughs> to for that just physiologically but then also in those early years that's foundational and as i said before not just for the young ladies that we're raising i call them princesses in training queens in training yes. okay um but also for the young men who 
because society is telling them subdue your emotions and things of that nature, they still need that because guys deal with their own stuff. So it's very important um, for that relationship to be addressed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Another question is that I, I'm assuming that a lot of your work does focus on like what happened with your mom. Do you speak specifically on like not being able to change her, right? You can't go back and like change what happened. You can't change that relationship. So what can you do? <laughs> okay. So here, so this is, <laughs> the, is a big question. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, it's a big question. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, there are two ways I can come at that, the, the answer. And they're, both of them, I believe, are totally valid. One is that, um, it's funny, as I'm thinking about it, I, my mother used to say to me, you can't change people, mm -hmm. okay? To some degree, I believe that. Uh, I think there's, the thing that saddens me the most is when, say, I've, I've, and I've run into this a lot, where an older mom, a seasoned mom, will look at her relationship with her adult daughter and sigh and say, well, that's just the way it will always be. Or the daughter will look at her relationship with her seasoned mom and say, well, she's just always going to be that way. But there's this resignation that she won't be able to have the kind of relationship that she desires. I come from the standpoint of there's always hope. So if you have a motivation to change, then something different can happen. But the change has to start with you individually, which is why when you read my book, I use the imagery of mirrors a lot. Mm -hmm. And so there's a point at which you really kind of have to look at, okay, can you change the person in front of you? No, but you can change your response to them, which can have repercussions yeah. for something better now again and this is and because there's a pot there's a pocket of of women who have grown up in very toxic environments very toxic mother-daughter relationships and i use that word purposefully because there is something to be said when any kind of abuse has gone on etc and for those who are still desiring some kind of relationship that has to be unpacked a different way than what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still think that there's hope for health, which is what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. um, but it might just look different than for yeah. say someone who's not in that kind of situation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. And I, I, yeah. And I assume that this is all of the work that you do is how you figure out like which, yes. which boat you're in, right? Correct. Like, Correct. Yeah. Which yeah. boat you're in and which, what's the best uh, like course of action. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I was looking at your blog and mm -hmm. I saw your blog most, I think it was one of your more, more recent ones about mm -hmm. helping moms stop being the overcompensation that we do, which is something that I talk to my moms about a lot. Like you don't have to do all the things that like Pinterest and Instagram, like that's inflating the view of what like motherhood should be air quotes mm -hmm. should be. Mm -hmm. And it makes us like overcompensate it makes us well and I don't know if this is the exact same thing but you know it makes us feel like we need to do more and we need to like yep. give our kids everything we have to be like the best ever we have to have like the cleanest most fun house and do all the most things and the most activities um 
which, you know, it's me yes. like simplify it, like doing less is actually more, but can you share just a little bit about, um, that blog and what that might look like in everyday mom life? And yeah, yeah. I, 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 my heart breaks whenever I hear threads of what I call a woman experiencing the nuffs. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. That's the part. That last one is the kicker. Okay. When you feel in and of yourself, you're just not enough. Um, and I think that comes from uh, just psychologically, it comes from certain needs, wants, desires not being met early on. Now, again, no mom is perfect. I believe, you know, we as moms, we um, imperfectly love our girl, uh, love our love our kids. Okay, we're imperfectly doing this thing perfectly. <laughs> if there's anything we're doing perfectly is we're doing it imperfectly. <laughs> okay. And so, so, you know, this is not about blame. This is really all about understanding what is that core need, want or desire that's not being met, because that's the thing that's then feeding into the nuffs happening. It's a script that goes into our head that then makes us want to overcompensate. And we do that unintentionally, subconsciously, the whole bit. So in the process of that overcompensating, I found that a lot of the times when I've been working with say young adult daughters, say like early teens, sorry, early to late teens, um, they, the overcompensating that a mom does overlooks them in the moment. So you're missing things. And so these six steps are all about you, mom, just pausing to consider what's going on in front of you. So the first step that you need to do is when you're interacting with your daughter is you need to accept what her present emotional state is. Okay, and by accepting, that means everything from body language. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm one who has to remind myself of this, especially with one of my twin daughters. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, okay, daughter, my eldest has entered the room smile, yeah. you know, you know, face her, you know, because she has a different personality thing that she's working on that, you know, can be a little bit off-putting sometimes, but she's really sweet on the inside. I'm just like, baby, get your head out of a book for a second. Yeah. <laughs> that other people are in the room. So anyway, get back to my point. So accept her present emotional state. So face her, turn to her, acknowledge her with your countenance, with your body language. Then you want to acknowledge her presence by saying something as simple as, Hi, it's good to see you. Or hi, how's your day? Ask her about what her, the third thing is ask her about what her experiences have been. How, how is your day? How are things going? And then this is really hard for moms. You need to shut it. <laughs> Attend to listening. I mean, shut the mouth. Mm. And <laughs> actively listen. Don't listen on your phone or. Oh, correct. Yes. Which all comes back to body language. Yeah. You know, uh, and sometimes the phone can feel like part of your body. You need to just put it down yeah. and face yeah. them. So you want to actively listen. And that then gets played out into you acknowledging her experience again by saying things like, I heard you. I, I hear you. It sounds like. And then you just repeat back to her what you just finished hearing. Mm -hmm. That's that's part of the active listening. And then the last thing would be uh, accept her emotions. Like after she tells you, oh yes, and, and Julie did da 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 and, 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 and man, that sucked. Da, 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 da. Wow, that sounded like it really sucked. I, I see. Um, 
that's what you're doing is you're just telling her, I acknowledge what you're feeling, especially if your daughter is in the tween to teen age. What I found on the collegiate side is that a lot of the young people who came into my office for therapy didn't know, how, one, what they were feeling, how to express their emotions. And then two, when they actually were experiencing them, they didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. So we as moms really need to help coach them <laughs> into understanding what they're feeling, which is why these steps, acknowledging her present emotional state, um, accepting her present emotional state, acknowledging her presence, asking her about her experiences, attending to listening, active listening, acknowledge her experience again, because <laughs> you're just getting it on the other side, and then accept her emotions by repeating back what you heard. Yeah. Person is so, so important. And to be honest, it, it feels a lot easier than doing anything else. Like it feels a lot easier than like trying to give her suggestions or solve it for her or like, like jump in and like literally all you have to do is like you said, oh, wow, it sounds like that sucks. And, 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 and you know something for those moms who have a significant other or spouse in their lives, right? Tell me if it isn't the truth. Okay. When you're all wound up from the day and you're just like blah, 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 to your significant other and they're trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Well, we've had these conversations. Okay. Like, I don't want to hear this. I, this is not what I want. Like, stop. Like, we're done. <laughs> and then it doesn't feel good for either of us because he's like, I was just trying to help. And I'm like, well, you're not. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because that's how we as women are wired. Okay. We need to 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 own our emotions. Um, that's what makes us again different from guys. Mm -hmm. Not that guys don't have emotions. It's just a different bag of thing with them. But for us, we really need to not be ashamed of them. Just own it mm -hmm. and recognize that when you, you're, you're experiencing your daughter a certain way and you want to go in and fix it, keep in mind, this is her first time going through yeah. life. Yeah. She just really needs you to be present. Yeah. Oh, that makes it so much easier. <laughs> So yes. Simple. Simplified. Yes. Yes. That's yes. so much simpler. Yes. I love that. Um, that was really good. I had another question for you, but I, okay. So what I was thinking is when you were saying like, when we just need to like be present, right. Just like show up for them mm -hmm. or when we are overcompensating specifically, I think, especially when like those kinds of conversations come up in mm -hmm. with our daughters and we're wanting to like fix everything we're overcompensating in that way. But I think that probably the root of our overcompensation is like projecting our feelings, our insecurities, or our old patterns onto them, correct? That is very correct. Yeah. That is very correct. That We've made a breakthrough. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is very correct. Um, and, and, you know, no mom is exempt from this. Yeah. And again, this is not about blame. This is about gaining understanding. Half the, half the battle in any kind of rift relationally or what is, you got to have some understanding of what's going on with you first before you can actually help somebody else that's in front of you. Same principle, like in the airplane, mass comes down, <laughs> the oxygen's been sucked out of the cabin because y'all yeah. are arguing. <laughs> Put yeah. the mask on yourself first. Yeah. Then you can address the situation in front of you. Yeah. And I love this so much because I think a lot of what you, what you teach is like the stuff that we 
we don't really know is going on. And it takes a little bit of like, just reading a book, everybody just read the book. book. <laughs> like, just read the book and you feel like this is here. Yes. You know it's there. Then you right. can actually do something with it. Correct. Because I think sometimes we think it needs to be more complicated than that, but it's just having some awareness, which is why I'm so grateful that you did this episode with us so that you can, you can start thinking about these things. Like, just little things, just little, I, I could go on about a bunch of stuff. Cause like I said, I started therapy this week, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can do that off there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, um, and you know, that that's, and it's one thing to have the awareness. Then it's another thing of the actual implementation and my heart's desire. Um, and folks will actually hear when they listen to my podcast, they'll actually hear, you know, my heart is to help my heart is really to come alongside you in a personal trainer like mode, just like how you would in a gym. I see, yeah. you know, the punching bag, <laughs> punching bag behind you <laughs> and stuff, you know, um, and you know, there might be a time where we have to punch stuff, but not people, just stuff. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it's all about tailoring and being a support as you start implementing. I think that's where, you know, women sometimes feel like they have to do everything on their own. That's why I want to create a community around, okay, you don't have to navigate this on your own. I'm here. (laughs) I can help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is a good segue into um, like, where can we find you? So I know Michelle and I are in the mastermind together and she's doing this really amazing thing on her podcast coming up soon or depending on yes Mm -hmm. it's coming up in February Mm -hmm. okay yes coming up soon go listen to her podcast because she's having conversations with moms like you um so that you can kind of like get a sneak peek into how Michelle what she teaches and how she teaches and how she can support you in this to make it like less intimidating right because I think sometimes when we talk about like the mother-daughter relationship like that alone (laughs) sounds like a lot of pressure it doesn't have to be Oh yeah, no. Um, I'm I, I'm putting together uh, a group. It's called the Mom Connections Group. Uh, I'm limiting it to 20 moms max because I really just want to personalize the the instruction. It's going to be um, a time where you learn how to navigate or get a set. You're going to go through what. Um, I've been practicing psychology for over 22 years, and I've narrowed it into a process called the Life Mirror Remedy, where I take you through a period of examination. Um, identification, prioritization, uh, boundary formation, and then relationship re-engagement. There's a, because there's this crazy connection cycle that goes on between a mom and a daughter, especially during the tween teen years. And what my process does is help you stop to reflect on it in a very systematic way. And so over the course of eight meetings, uh, we're going to go through that and you'll actually get additional support uh, through that process. Yeah. And I'll put the link for anybody who's interested in joining that because, um, just one of those things like, you know, going to therapy just doesn't always work. It's not accessible. And I think there's a lot to be said about doing it in a group setting with somebody like Michelle, who's like, it, it's what you've created, I think is a really good program. It's a really good balance of like, real life support from like real moms but also that like very foundational educational yes uh you know professional support as well um i love it it's a really good balance of that 
Um, so I will put all the links for you guys to go check that out and to go check out her podcast. But I have one final question for you, Michelle, and sure. it is for young and new moms or any kind of mom ever who are like deep in the trenches of their motherhood right now, what, what would you say to them or what would you suggest to them? Um, Another for, question. I know, no, 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 the, for, <laughs> for the new moms, uh, moms who are in the beginning parts, stages, uh, get prepared. Okay. Uh, and by that, I mean, uh, we're not perfect. <laughs> so, but if you can kind of think about things and how you might feel about them, really feel about them yeah. and then prepare yourself <laughs> yeah that will be go a long way in a lot of the transitional stages that you're going to be going through some of them are going to feel like you'll never get out of them <laughs> some of them will feel like it just flew by but you're going to go through them and so if you can sort of just start preparing yourself and I think that kind of preparation can happen well in a group setting because there's something to be said for young moms or new moms having the community of those who are bef gone before them, who are further along, and those who are behind them, because you get the wisdom in all of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for those moms who are in the trenches, get support, mm -hmm. because it is no, you know, uh, nick off the badge of motherhood, however you define that. It's no nick off your badge to say you need help. Mm -hmm. One of, I think moms, uh, when a woman becomes a mom, that is one of the most important leadership positions that you'll ever have. And the, and what I've heard, and I believe, and read that um, the best leaders are the ones who know what they don't know, but know where to go get it, get the information. Yeah. And so definitely avail yourself of additional support. So for new moms, get prepared, or the moms in the trenches get support both please do it in a community know that you're not by yourself but at bottom line you gotta somehow come to the realization that you are enough yeah there's a reason as to why you are your daughter or your son's mom mm -hmm. yeah and and the things that you think might be shortcomings are the very gifts that can actually provide a new kind of connection point for you and them. Mm -hmm. You just need to go there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I got like goosebumps now. So just just a few things to touch on. Um, the first is that we run our we run our programs pretty similarly, especially the part that you said where your your role as a mother is is a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the ultimate leadership role, I think. And I tell my audience that a lot too. Um, and just like you said, like good leaders know how to get support and they are open to support. And I think that sometimes we're like, oh, if I can't do it by myself, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Like something's wrong with me. And no, that means everything's right with you. Yes, yes. You are so strong for finding a community. Um, and I just love that you also include the mixed ages. I say mixed ages because I used to be a Montessori teacher and that's what we called it. Right. But like the, the, the philosophy of it is the same. It's like the, the young kids learn from the older kids 
and the older kids get to kind of master and refine their skills in a different way by by teaching it and like yes. watching how the younger kids did it so it's I love that you have those mixed ages in there too and there was something else I was going to say but um I can't remember oh being honest with yourself I think is the hardest part mm-hmm. like especially as a mom yes. like just being honest of like how you're actually feeling and there's nothing wrong with it so if you can find the space to like work that out with somebody like Michelle definitely do it like yeah I think that's it awesome. did you have yes so I will put in the link or in the I have like so many thoughts swirling in my head now <laughs> about all of this but I will put the the link to get Michelle's book um and to learn more about her program and find her podcast so that you can learn more from her because I think this is such important work and thank you for being on the show with us today oh thank you so much for having me it's been so much fun yes okay hey before you go I have a question to ask you would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.